If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, Hold on, yours is the earth, and everything that's in it, and, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Excerpt from the log. By three in the afternoon I'd been standing or hanging on, in the same way for fifteen hours straight, since the cry of the wind had first broken my sleep the night before. The tiredness numbing my muscles was reaching my brain, but after each wave I experienced a strange sensation in spite of my fears. I was filled with amazement and a feeling of wonderment. Each wave was an obstacle. Each climb out of a trough was a fight. But what made it important for me was the spectacle of it all. The ocean whipped up by the raging storm presented a picture so incredible and astonishing that I would have become a statue transfixed in awe if my body were not forced to follow the wild motion of the boat. The watery walls built over me in seconds, showing the darkest shades of blue. The foam tiles on the roofs of the ways were blown apart after every collapse, up and down, up and down. I had flown into unknown dimensions of highs and lows. And the sounds, the sounds of rolling waves. I heard their rumbling for miles and then my pupils and my stomach tightened. The giants of the realm were coming, the stomping of their boots echoing in my ears. When they arrived, they ruled the ocean with their fifty to sixty foot height, and wrestled down their smaller subjects with frightening speed. Then it happened, something I never could have believed. A wave heaved Salambo to its peak and my moderately fast displacement-type boat started to surf on the waves. We didn't fall into the troughs that opened before us like abysses, but slid from wave to wave faster and faster. I was pressed to the wheel and felt like a spaceman at liftoff. The five-ton boat slid like a surfboard, taking on the thirty to forty-knot speed of the waves. The flight lasted for several minutes and I didn't feel us slowing down. Then a traditional wave kicked us in the side, indicating that the giants had left the scene. The experience of the express train ride was with me for hours, as if we had transcended space and time. It was frightening and ecstatic, giving me a feeling of wonderment and an unexplainable glory. I saw all of that. Nature showed it to me, leaving me as a surviving eyewitness. Excerpt from the Log of the Equator Amateur Radio Station, Sakeshvahervar, HA4EHQ, HD5SMM, calling. Zolt, Karchi, thanks for the confirmation. Roger, I can't do it. It is really impossible to explain the feelings after moving blindly around in the dark, after guessing, estimating, hoping. All of a sudden, the dreaded Cape Horn stands there. It was really moving a navigational accomplishment. I have to tell you honestly, standing there on the deck, I started to cry. At once the tension came out of me. 
the total exhaustion and limitless happiness. Shelving the sextant, I ran for the waterproof camera and video camera. The wind was still on and hail started, but I did not care. This had to be preserved for history, even if the ice beats up the camera. In the meantime, I was steering, trying to get closer and closer to the wish and dread of all sailors, the Cape. Now I should tell you what it looks like, but I can in no way illustrate its dramatic and poetic impact. The gray mass of rocks rising from the sea is like a classical composition with triple symmetry, something like the La Kuan group's tragic majesty. In me it evoked the symbol of the Holy Trinity as it looks, spitting the weather over the sailors parading by the waves, and accepts with the dignity of the Lord of Oceans, the homage of the prostrating worshippers. This is Cape Horn, beautiful and fear-evoking, the real Holy Trinity of nature.